You're listening to the Native Plants Healthy Planet Podcast, presented by Pinelands Nursery. Here are your hosts, Fran Chismar and Tom Knezic. Welcome back to The Buzz, brought to you by the Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast, presented by Pinelands Nursery. I am Fran Chismar. Fran, you said that with, like, bravado. Is that uh, yeah, a word? Yeah. Bravado. <laughs> bravado. Bravado. Yeah, we were just talking you, you about like that, that blooper reel. Like, yeah, you uh, really kicked uh, on your yeah. radio voice. Wow. You, well, you know, I, I might have a little bit of a, a be self-conscious yeah. because I've had – now now we have customers calling that aren't even sure – yeah, what, my, yeah, like before, I was. They, everyone would think I'm a, a woman. Now they're just not even yeah. positive. So I'm yeah. trying to work on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, I'm Tom Knezik, and welcome to episode 55 of uh, of Native Plants Healthy Planet. Again, this is the buzz, and um, where we like to have a little fun. And Fran, I got to ask you: yes. Are we allowed to get off this ride yet? This is getting <laughs> yeah. been a little too crazy, and I'm ready for it to stop. You it's- know, for for our listeners that maybe I know a lot of our customers and industry colleagues mm-hmm. listen to the podcast, but for our customers that maybe aren't aware, the the hard part about our industry is that it's very season oriented. Mm-hmm. So spring. Our business is a little bit different, but nurse in the nursery industry, I, I want to say like seventy five of seventy five percent of your business happens in like March, April, May, and June, you know, and then it it kind of tapers off, and there's periods of extreme intensity, and then oh, yeah. dead, like, yep. and it's like a switch too. So we're a little more level because it's wetland plantings, and you can plant a little bit in the summer and mm-hmm. the fall, and you know, not saying that it doesn't spike again in the fall, but yep. some one of our best seasons was in the the fall was a fall season oh, yeah. for us 2019 yeah. so um it's crazy right now man this is one of the busiest springs that i yeah. can remember and, and, in, in quite some time i don't want to sound like i'm complaining too much but then i looked at our our like our balance sheet or our uh, pnl statement i'm like oh we only have that much money <laughs> i feel like we're working way harder than that but we're, yeah. it's a lot nicer than last year last year was yeah. kind of like a shock yes um yeah. and we're seeing a good rebound but yeah it's i'm tired of a. Uh, well, the, I'm tired. The, the, <laughs> you know, I think the difference between this year and like last year was tapering off. Like mm-hmm. people were trying to get stuff done before all the regulations kick. Like yeah. we're just kicking in now. Yeah. Like the next yep. couple, like we're crazy, and the next couple weeks are going to be just as crazy. And we're yeah. we're nearing a holiday. Yeah, and that which Wait, is a nice. A I'm ready weekend. for a three day, three day I, weekend. Even I though when you're weekend. when you're in this business, it's you're you're still working. It's just not not the same like i'll be out here and i'm gonna be packing some orders for my my side business and um and i'm gonna be checking water and going through and just making sure everything looks okay speaking of checking water yeah that was fun the other day when <laughs> I, this is so we've had super hot temperatures here and um so that's been stressful and, it, and it's fluctuating we're going from 90 yeah it was you know well, it was 96 like, over like 10 the days without rain 96 and yeah. now the, this weekend it's going to be rainy in 57 yeah here yeah so, so uh and um, just riding around and making sure everything's wet. And then on Sunday, two sprinkler heads blew, and I didn't catch it. And then there goes half a greenhouse worth of stuff. And That that was sold. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah, and that yeah. was not fun no. to find out on, on Tuesday morning when it, we finally started to show. Yeah, you know, it's it's hard to have this conversation without sounding like you're complaining. Yeah, oh, you yeah. Know, because yeah. obviously we love what we do, but it's, it's difficult. There's a lot of frustrations. Um, 
because you're you're packing so much into such a small period of mm-hmm. time um you know and and wholesale is different when you walk into a garden center like not a small garden center when you walk into a big garden center there's a staff of people there yeah. to help you yeah. like for here in a wholesale model i am the salesperson not saying mm-hmm. that there's not overflow you do seed sales like i yeah. do uh yep. and noel and and i do the bulk of the plant sales yes if someone calls up and friends friends busy just about everyone else in the office here can pick up the phone and at least uh, not do it as well as you can, but it can but, it can help and can maybe help. take an order as long as the person knows what they want. But our model it's, is yeah. because we're wholesale to the trade, we're dealing with architects, engineers, mm-hmm. people that know what they want. So they don't really need most assistance. Yeah, most yeah, of the time. They don't need assistance. They can call up and say, this is the situation I have. I need these plants. Yep. Do you have them? And we become more of a supply entity. Mm-hmm. And we can offer good prices because of that. Like yeah. I could literally pick up the phone and take a $50,000 order in five minutes and move on and retail. You're not, oh, you're yeah, not the, doing that. You could spend an hour things, and, and get a $10 order. And that's mm-hmm. like we get, we're wholesale, but, and people are so pumped up about what we do. They want to buy from us and they can't, but we'll get phone calls where they'll want to take 15 minutes and explain their situation. And, and I know that I can't help them. Yeah. You yeah. know, and that's, it's frustrating for them. It's frustrating for mm-hmm. us. It's, it's and part of that's <clears throat> just recognizing that you're not going to make everybody happy. Yeah. That's, that's like, a if, if I was giving like business advice or, or even just life advice, it's just recognizing you're not going to make everyone happy. It's like, if uh, a good example is my dad talks yeah. about a lot and he's, he'd talk about target versus walmart he's like oh every time i go into target there's nothing there like they never have what i'm looking for but i go to walmart it's there and it's like well target's not looking for your money they're looking for people like my wife who's who's uh early 30s um just had a baby and they can get everything they need at target but yeah they're not going to get a a socket wrench and and (laughs) bunches like hardware and and not saying that target doesn't want his money yeah but your your dad is a better fit for Walmart, yep. and that's their model, and that's the cust- your dad is the customer that Walmart yeah. wants. When They're going to do good business with. When my dad walks into Target, he is in theory wasting their time. Yeah, he's, if he go, he's and asking he's wasting people his and looking time. for stuff, and they don't have it because most of their clientele doesn't want it. And that's yeah. uh, going switching back to retail. I have a retail plant side business, and um, which is making which you is doubly been, crazy right now. Oh yeah, so I've been yeah I've been working from like seven in the morning doing computer stuff when i first wake up i come in here from like eight to five sometimes five thirty, sometimes six yeah. and then once i'm done i'm out there doing more of the retail stuff and then um what the other night i went home at 11 30 yeah so just packing ups boxes and until i couldn't anymore and then uh and then saturdays sundays i'm <laughs> right back at it i'm yeah. i'm doing it almost all day so it's driving my wife crazy too because yeah home. and it's, it's but, you, you know it's funny when you think about it like i spend all day talking Yep. which I love to talk. Obviously, yeah. we do this. But like at some point, you have to turn it off mm-hmm. and you have to be able to recharge. I'm also an introvert, so I like periods yeah. of like self – just just quiet. Like, quiet. So like inner thought thoughts. And, yeah. Yep. You know, so at some point – and fortunately, Agatha is an introvert as well. So mm-hmm. we can sit in silence and be perfectly yeah. thrilled, <laughs> thrilled yeah. you know. But it's – you got to love what you do or you can't do it. Like we're here every day because oh, yeah. we love it, but at some point you're like, I kind of need to not think about it or not <laughs> yeah. talk about it. You get it to this time of year and it's like, okay, 
I, I need a break. I need to. And then, but that comes around 4th of July, which is perfect time, too. Um, you so, know, yeah, we only have another month. And then as soon as you get that break, you're like, I need something to do. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to get, I got to start working on this. Cool. So, but that's, that's kind of an insight. Like, I know we've had the, the, um, rooted discussion on the native plant industry uh and we kind of talked about herbaceous we're going to do that again with the woody side of it we have one lined up for this summer mm-hmm. but that just kind of gives you a little bit of insight of what's going on you know even even for as helpful we are i know there's times i may be on a phone call and i may be short yeah and i may not be able to give the information they want or mm-hmm. it's it's just really difficult it's yeah. really difficult yeah it's a uh, it's a difficult balance it's not just the one person who's who's calling in it's yeah 40 50. yeah <laughs> and yeah. then you have a bunch of emails and now you have everything from the website building up so yeah it's you want to help everyone but again like like There's, you're saying you have that person on the phone and you're like they're explaining the whole thing i can't help them yeah and my time would be That's, better spent helping people i can help and making them happy versus trying to help yeah, this we're not this we're not set up that mediocre. way but they want to deal with us yep. they love us and they mm-hmm. want to deal with us but we don't provide the service that they're mm-hmm. asking for and they'd yeah. be less frustrated going to a place that provides the yeah. service that, that was the model behind uh pilots direct like yeah. i said my my side business was man i don't necessarily um this sounds really bad when i say it but the customer service end of things and like the the plant recommendations the, the design part of thing that's not my strong suit well yeah. i do have the opportunity to provide really low cost plants that are really high quality and for, for people, people that, that for people know what they know want. what they want or, or have need maybe some slight instruction oh yeah you can get a really good deal that you're not getting elsewhere but um yeah if you if you need the extra help and care through the whole process well there's better fits and i know people get frustrated because they're asking me all these questions i'm like eventually i just i don't want to say i stop responding but i just i get to a point where i can't help them as much as they need the help because it's just it's not worth the the hundred dollars when i can get that somewhere else it's it's a misunderstanding of what the like i had someone email or call the other day Uh, i'm not going to say who it was um but i had someone call that wanted that's a customer that wanted to send me photos of his basement because he wanted me to tell him what plants would wick moisture away from his basement and i was like you really need an engineer mm-hmm. or a consultant like and he wasn't he a lot of the times we'll give this information and then they don't buy the plants from us anyway <laughs> yeah, so yeah. you want to make but, sure you're you're giving good information and and you don't want to waste yeah. your time and there's, not get a sale either people but who do, do that, that stuff and they I, specialize in those recommendations and a lot of the times there are customers too there are customers so. and it's a conflict of interest if we're giving this information away from free and taking business away from our customers that depend on that mm-hmm. so sometimes sometimes people just want free information yeah. and you you can't you can't you can't give away your knowledge like we're doing on the podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we do every day on the podcast you can't so, just give that away <laughs> but but actually that from a, a marketing point of view yeah. that's the way we chose to do it was yeah. because now you can do it in bulk in mass and you can have over the well, over the course of time thousands or, or tens of thousands and eventually hundreds of thousands yeah. of people listen to this stuff yeah and um and get that knowledge instead of a one-on-one interaction yeah um so it's for on our end it's choosing the one in, one-on-one interactions that are the most beneficial and yeah. are going to make the people the happiest because yes. we can make them happy versus the one-on-one interactions where 
you're never going to be happy. Maybe you'll be satisfied, but yeah. you're you're going to wish you had a different option. But so. you know, I appreciate more than yeah. anything the the phone calls we get from our customer base that says, "Hey, I listened to this episode yeah. and and thank you. I got something out of it." Or we'll have a short conversation or a short email. Even mm-hmm. our listeners in the Facebook group. When we get to have, you know, I've had people direct message me and just oh, to yeah. have like a quick yeah. interaction um, with that. I've even, you know, I kind of broke my policy. I'm actually Facebook friends with a couple people from the group. Not not saying not everyone send me a Facebook <laughs> request because I have a very firm no, no co-worker, no family mm. Facebook policy. So even Tom and I aren't yep. Facebook friends. I'm not Facebook friends with anyone from work or anyone that I'm a relative to so I can complain about all of you. Yeah. Without you, know, <laughs> no, no, it's, but it just makes things less complicated, mm-hmm. I think. So, yeah. but I did, I have, I've actually become friends with some of our listeners, which is nice mm-hmm. to have gotten to that point to have discussions and and be on a on a different level with. Yeah, it's. Oh, yeah. I, I appreciate that that we can do that. Yeah, you it's know. just nice getting feedback, and it's nice yeah. getting suggestions because it means that, uh, some well some. <laughs> I was going to say we're hitting a nerve, but we're not hitting the a nerve. We're we're sparking someone else's interest, yeah. and they're guiding us where they're passionate, and then yeah. we can we can collaborate on some stuff, yeah. which is awesome. That's yeah. part of why we wanted to do this. Yeah, you're going to cl- like you said, you can't make everyone happy. You're going to click with some people. You're not going to click with mm-hmm. other people. Not everything's a match, and that's yeah. hard. That's hard to handle sometimes when yeah. you want. You know, you want to know you want, what. Yeah, you want yeah. everyone to be happy. You want to be accepted. Hear, you hear the the. Um, the criticisms loudest. Like in the last episode, Fran, you mentioned in the, the one Facebook group, someone asked for for a recommendation on gardening podcasts, and then one of the people was like, "Oh, I like this one, but because he doesn't do all the crap, these yeah, other I ones like do this with one. the banter." Yeah, and all this, you know, and it was almost it was almost like they were referencing our podcast, and he probably wasn't. <laughs> no, but, but it felt but it personal. Was, it, yeah. it felt personal because it was like. I like this one, but he didn't say why he liked it. He yeah. said, I like this one because they don't talk yeah. about music. I don't have to hear non-interesting tidbits about yeah. their personal yeah. lives. Um, there's not too much chatter or banter. Like in all these all these things, I was like, wow, they, they just described an episode of The Buzz. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the buzz. You know. Well, but obviously some people like that stuff or we would be out of this – side And, career and people already, like the other ones too. Already. You know, there's other yeah. native plant podcasts yeah. that are – different than ours and we we would never be able to do that i i'm not knowledgeable mm-hmm. enough to do those other types yeah. of podcasts so mm-hmm. we we do the ones and and we have a fit and they have a fit and i'm fine with that yeah. that's good with that not saying i wouldn't love everyone to listen to us but yeah so we're gonna skip the uh the fran's complaint portion <laughs> <laughs> since you just got a whole like solid 15 minutes of fran Whoa. and tom wow to start off wow <laughs> but, it's it yeah yeah wow well, maybe we should yeah, maybe you, we should go to our next i was gonna segment. say you want to move on and uh so I guess we'll start where we always start, and that's with the plants we're vibing with this week in That's Hot. That's hot. Would you like to go first? Yeah, oh, I can okay. go first. Sure, go ahead. So my plant this week is blooming at our seed farm right now, and um, and then I've remembered an interesting tidbit about it that is not how we grow it, but it's mm-hmm. interesting. But the plant I chose this week was hairy beard tongue, uh, which is Penstemon hirsutus. And um, which is a pretty small plant, yeah. blooms early in the season, which is always nice. It bloomed a little later than usual yeah. in my recollection this year, um, because I, I'm guessing just because it's been so dry. Yeah. But uh, on phenotypically, it just bloomed later. I'm not. I don't know exactly <laughs> the reasoning, but they stay pretty short. About one to. I've never seen one that's three it's, feet tall, it's, but it's, it's one of I those, guess they can get three feet tall. 
Yeah, it's one of those plants where it's um, like basal foliage, and then yeah, the, the flower, flower stalks so, that yeah. come up, and then um, it has a much smaller range than I thought. It was uh, basically the furthest south it went was Tennessee, where where it's actually considered native um, in most of the counties. Went up to Illinois, and then went actually all the way uh, to the northeast up to Maine. Wow. Okay. And I'm assuming it grows in, wow. in Canada as well, but the map I looked at didn't <laughs> show, show the, the the province lines. But um, what was interesting to me is we grow it for seed crops yeah. in of an old farm field, and it flourishes. It looks awesome. We grow it in in two inch plugs, yeah. in, uh, which is a combination of the soil is a combination of peat and sand, and that might be it. I forget what else is in there. But um, uh, actually, I, you know, I, I think it's peat. Pete sand and pine bark. Okay, I think. and then um, and it I don't even does know if really there's well peat in, there. in that actually. I don't. I'm not no, even sure. The, I'm, there's peat for in that there for okay. sure. But uh, where I was talking to, well, I shouldn't say I was talking to. I was watching a presentation with Larry Weiner one time, and he showed this plant and says, in nature, it thrives on rocky outcrops in super thin soil. Like literally, there's almost no soil there. You could probably take like a. a little broom and just sweep it all away that's how little soil there is on some of these outcrops and it'll thrive there and you'll get situations that look like our flower field where you have thousands of stems coming up on like a little rock ledge overhanging the parkway (laughs) so that was pretty cool now since he said that i've been looking for it in uh in those kind of scenarios and i've seen it once i think um in northern New Jersey yeah. over a, a rocky outcrop right along a highway. Yeah. But uh, I, I didn't go up and climb up it to <laughs> no, make sure that was what it was. I'm like, ah, oh, that kind of looks like that, so I'm going to think it is. But but very cool plant if you want to use it in your garden, um, where how I have it is in a little bit of shade, but it, it likes uh, sunnier conditions. I think actually one of and our listeners posted a, a photo. I don't know if it was at Penstemon in the, the Native Plants Healthy Planet Facebook group because oh, that's that's uh michelle from from rutgers oh um, yeah michelle back um because that's one of the ones where the bees go in and you just have bee butts sticking yeah, out of the flowers yeah, yeah. so yeah. she was saying she couldn't wait to see bee butts oh yeah no, that's a cool one <laughs> that's a great choice yeah Fran, how about choice. you so i went with you know when i selected this it's it's probably a little past it but at the time i selected it was in his prime which is uh black cherry mm-hmm. uh um, which was in full bloom at the time oh, yeah. that I saw it. It's a facultative upland, um, very important for uh, Lepidoptera. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know, yeah, I, that's pretty high uh, on that the, was Dr. Per- Talmy's list of, yeah. of important plants for Lepidoptera. Uh, it's native through the northeast and northwest of Texas. Um, you know, I did find in, in doing a little more research about it that this plant is considered invasive in South America. Hmm. So, yeah. you know, every plant's native to somewhere and oh, yeah. it's invasive outside of that area a lot of mm-hmm. times. So, it, yeah, it's actually invasive in South America. Um, every time I see it in bloom, which is a wonderful bloom, it makes me think of growing up in Philadelphia. There was a soda company called Frank's, which mm-hmm. I think someone bought it and you can get it again. But it's not – like Frank's was the soda you could find anywhere. Yeah. Yep. And they they did a black cherry Wishniac mm-hmm. uh, soda. So as a kid, like that was a favorite. Like if you got Frank's, it was, it was pretty awesome. So – uh, they also make a hard liqueur. You can mm. get a, a hard hard liqueur. Yeah. Like a, I think Dad's makes it. Uh, Dad's mm-hmm. uh, black cherry, mm-hmm. hard black cherry, um, which is really good. So it's flowers, white racemes, yellow fall color. Um, it's actually been a little bit of an issue the last couple of years naturally where we haven't really been able to get seed because mm-hmm. it starts producing the fruit 
and it's dropping before it becomes ripe. Like typically it ripens mm, okay. up and you can pick it up or you, it drops off ripe. It's actually dropping its seed the last two to three years. Yeah. It's dropped its yeah. seed without becoming ripe, which makes it, you know, it's not really producing viable seed. Mm-hmm. So not really sure what's going on with that just locally, but it's it's been an issue. So I'm hoping that we don't see – that's a, a very important variety. So I'm just hoping – not variety uh, – species so i'm hoping that doesn't start to suffer locally yeah and now i'm i'm pretty sure this is what it was but my dad and we were uh, had a little campfire uh last sunday night and we were gonna toast some marshmallows and he had little wood skewers um mm-hmm. that he cut off a tree well it was black cherry okay and i'm pretty sure how you can one of the ways you can identify it is if you scratch the bark with your thumb a little mm-hmm. bit just a tiny little bit it'll smell of like bitter almond Oh, okay. And uh, and that's one way to identify. You know, it it has somewhat of a, a traditional cherry bark. It has those horizontal uh, ridges on the bark. It's like a smoother bark, darker bark uh, with horizontal ridges on it. So uh, if you know cherries trees, that's one of the the ways to help identify it. So um, it's a little tell. So, but it's it's amazing. You think it's a tree that isn't. Uh, that prevalent in your forest until you see them bloom and then you realize how many there are right in front of your face that you just didn't notice were there so but that's my that's my choice yeah very good so, what do you think you want to go to uh yeah we gotta move on because now we're, now we're running behind on time <laughs> so we're gonna go and do our botany based current events and of course it's always a competition uh which i've been losing as of late <laughs> so let's move along to this or that you can get with this or you can get with that so we are going to announce the winner, uh, and the winner of the last uh, this or that was me. And you know what? This was the most votes we ever had. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it sparked some interest. Here's what I, I – you know, obviously we got the post up early too where people could vote mm-hmm. while it's fresh on their mind. But I think when you find topics that people are interested in, like obviously yeah. – oh, like, yeah. So well, I, I won 20 to 7. <laughs> But I don't know if they voted for me because they like mine or they, <laughs> they voted for me because they didn't like yours. Yeah, yeah. You mine, know, because it struck, it seemed to strike a nerve with some people. I don't think it was meant that way. No, definitely not. It was more to, to as a, a little bit of a joke because yeah. I, I wouldn't cite the New York Post often yeah. as a oh, reputable no, paper. No, but, um, but no, it was just from the previous episode when we were talking with about NYRP and I kind of joked around how I, I don't like the city. But Jason actually like, weighed in yesterday on that too. <laughs> <laughs> he shot me a quick email, so – no, you know, it's it's uh I'm glad that that you're reading the articles and and we're we're hitting on topics that you find interesting. So hopefully we can keep doing that throughout. Oh, yeah. But so I came back with a, a vengeance this week. All right. Because I've I've lost now two in a row which weren't close. Actually, it's three in a row. Three in a row that weren't close. Maybe one. <laughs> I'm not counting. I'm not counting. <laughs> uh, so I got to make sure I I write the tr- write the train here. We got to keep moving along. All right. Well, I. I like the article that you chose this week, so I'm going to go first, and I'm going to let you go second. All right. So um, my article this week, which was supplied to me by our friend Saul – he actually oh he actually yeah. sent th- sent this article to me. So. I can't wait to hear what this is about. <laughs> so, um, it is "Meet the Sheep on Governor's Island This Summer" by Keith Huang. I want to say, and it was uh, published in Untapped New York. I guess Untapped is a um, national digital magazine, mm-hmm. and there's a different one for each city. Yeah. So, 
Um, again, I you know instead of paraphrasing, I've I've highlighted a couple paragraphs that I'm going to read. Uh, but it's it's more of a feel good. So uh, working with the friends of Tivoli Lake Preserve and Farm in Albany, the trust for Governor's Island has hired five sheep to help control invasive plant species in Hammock Grove, an experimental urban forest adorned by 50 red hammocks. Which we're seeing more and more of that the whole hammock trend like in philly uh they have it i think it's the spruce street right on the delaware hmm. river where you can go and it's all lit and you can just walk up get in a hammock you know and just chill so have you seen that i i haven't i've yeah. seen people bring hammocks yeah. places but oh no it's it's yeah. they're all out you could just go huh. and pick a hammock so um but sheep naturally love plants uh, such as grasses, phragmites, flowering plants like mugwort and sunflowers, which makes them a natural fit to join the island's weed control team. Uh, so why sheep instead of goats? According to Molly McGinnis, Director of Operations, Planning, and Sustainability at Trust for Governors Island, sheep will be gentle on the grove because they will not ravage the more than 1,200 trees representing over 40 species in Hammock Grove. Goats, however, tend to pull up all kinds of plants and roots, even the ones that should be kept. Mm -hmm. So because sheep are enjoying grazing the leafy invasive plants, the diversity of the area will stay intact, and the sheep can uh, the sheep's waste can be used as fertilizer for the trees. So sheep are able to get into the hard-to-reach places, making them eco-friendly and efficient option for maintaining the health of the landscape. And you, you're not using gas you're not making noise mm -hmm. you know it's it's kind of a more natural approach and i guess they've used it at a couple other places as well with good success and they're they're moving it on so i i find it very interesting approach and that's what you need you need that outside of the box approach especially in a, a more naturalized public area yeah uh, that will take care of some of these things. i'm sure there's some things getting munched on that maybe shouldn't be but mm -hmm. If, if they're doing more good than harm, I, I would take that as a win and then go in and, and do a little restoration. Yeah. So, the, so the, listening to this and, and reading a little bit, of, the first thing I thought was like, oh, it sounds like they need some deer. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, why sheep is a better alternative is because it's a managed species. So yeah. someone is bringing the sheep there. The sheep, uh, I would assume, well, it's an island, so and it's yeah. a populated island. So yeah. I'm assuming that they're not going to become feral and then start reproducing like crazy. <laughs> no, there's going to be a farmer or whoever's going to come in and maintain that sheep population to the right number. Yes. And um, yes. And then when they start to, when there's the, the lack of, of invasives there for them to yeah. eat, they're probably yeah. going to take the sheep away. Yeah. They'll move, so move that doesn't happen place. with deer. So. Now, <laughs> but, now, speaking of deer, you know, I, I was mentioning in Agatha's yard, we've been planting a lot of natives mm -hmm. and she has an equal amount of invasives. So the deer pressure uh some of the fences is down in the properties deer could easily jump mm -hmm. it anyway but now they have a free pass through nothing being touched on the invasives they they've eaten back the cranberry viburnum yeah. even yeah. like the one thing when we talk about deer pressure and them things that they tend to stay away from or eat last mm -hmm. like sweet pepper bush because yeah. it's a little more fragrant yeah, that one of the first things they ate was sweet pepper <laughs> yeah. bush. So that just proves that you can never really. It depends on what's there and what they want to mm -hmm. eat. Yep. And that's those are the first things that they they munched yeah. on. So yeah. going back to, to sheep, yeah. one of the another interesting use for sheep that's become really really popular is uh, they'll use them with solar farms. Yeah. And it started out just so they had grass, and instead of having someone go and mow, you'd release all the sheep and they'd mow the grass, and then um, or mow the grass, they'd eat the grass and. It was a very once the for the solar farms it was really important because if the grass got too tall it would start to shade out the yeah. the solar panels and they weren't as productive 
Um, so that wasn't good. And I guess they could get in the electrical stuff on the yeah. back. And so they needed to keep the grass short instead of paying someone to mow it and bag it and move, like, yeah. move, the, move the clippings. They would bring sheep in. Another thing that was becoming popular was to plant short flowering pollinator plants yeah. or pollinator friendly plants in those solar fields. And now they're even looking at ways that they can incorporate both. So you yeah. can plant stuff that might get a little bit taller, but you have the sheep coming in that are going to keep them short enough. And um, so now you have triple use off of that one property, yeah. and, which is one of my favorite things. If you can have a mixed use where now you, that same acreage is maybe you're not, isn't as productive as if you were to do just the one thing for that one thing, that one thing yeah. isn't as productive, but now you have triple uh, the outputs, but each one's, let's say you have pollinator yeah. benefit, but it's maybe not as productive as if it was all a meadow. Yeah, you have solar benefit, and maybe it's not as productive if it was just solar. And you have sheep there, and maybe that isn't as productive if it was just use a pasture raised for grazing yeah. sheep, but all three of them are in the same spot. Yeah, and, and you don't get that in a lot of and, instances. And we've talked about it before on other episodes that preferably we'd rather not just have solar panels on on fields that could be better used mm-hmm. for naturalization. But if you can incorporate it and protect it, yeah, where now all of a sudden you have this area that might have been developed, and now you're able to supply pollinator-friendly plant material. I know Princeton University, I believe, used sheep on mm-hmm. their solar fields. Yeah, and there's companies. Some of our our um, colleagues have started mm-hmm. pollinator companies that specialize yeah. in habitat for pollinators oh, yeah. in in solar fields so mm-hmm. it's the the science is coming around and and we've been doing it more and more now so we're we're learning and it's it's getting better so i it's nice to see that some of these methods are being used and documented and rather than just spraying yeah. and and moving on and it it does give us a little bit more insight of maybe how um uh, those those <laughs> ravenous sheep got onto Saul's property. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, but speak, speaking of spraying, and I'm not trying to to prevent you from presenting your article because I think you're going to win this week. <laughs> but I got in the mail. I brought it with me. I don't know if I should show it because I don't want to talk about the company's name. But it it was an advertisement for um, spraying your property for mosquitoes, mm-hmm. ticks, and fleas, and that's that's what they do. So it's. Um, it's saying the customized treatments eliminate and repel ticks, mosquitoes, and fleas. And I would imagine any other insect or pollinator that happens yep. to be there as well. So $50, which was a special price for the first treatment, they just come through and spray your property and, and make it void of insects. So yep. it's not really helping the situation. You want to get rid of the invasives or, or keep that ecosystem balanced to keep that in check. Instead, they're making it worse. They're making mm-hmm. it a wasteland. Yeah. Um, and because then, then the first things to respond tend to be the invasive things in the mosquitoes, and you're. But when you do that, you're also when you do a treatment like that, you're also getting rid of all the things that would eat those mosquitoes yeah. and eat the other um, insects that tend to be pests. Yeah, and that, in, in addition to all the pollinators as well. Exactly. So. so it's you know the funny thing is I'm I'm looking at the photo and the the applicator's not wearing any kind of respirator <laughs> or mask or anything, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know how <laughs> how I feel about. <laughs> about this as a whole but there's companies that that's their business oh, yeah. and they're it's, advertising and it's another thing you're driving down the street and there's a, a phrase that one of our future guests actually is where i heard it but it was um like lonely is the the uh world of a of an ecologist because you know everything that's going <laughs> like everyone else is doing wrong 
because yeah. you're like, oh, look at all those invasive plants, and it just makes you like really depressed. And you're like, how does how does no one else know this? Yeah. I driving around, I'm seeing all the mosquito control signs on people's yards like you used to see for like real estate signs or if someone got a driveway they yeah put a sign. well now all these mosquito companies are doing that as well and i'm like oh man if they only knew that they were killing everything else back there all the yeah. other insects too that the birds need and the butterflies yeah. or not the butterflies dragonflies are going to eat and well you're, you're spraying this too and you can't tell a bird you can't put a, a sign up and say hey birds don't land here today because yep. i just yep. you know there's a re-entry on this and you can't Mm-hmm. You, you know there there's so many things wrong with it and it, it just hurt my heart to see that yep. that advertisement so yeah. and it's a company i'd never heard of so it's a new company so they're they're seeing a need and they're capitalizing on it yeah. which yep you know what so. can you do but that's mine why don't why don't All you right. go into yours so mine was from uh was shared on linkedin by a former guest and, and friend of the program marcus gray oh, and awesome. i feel bad because someone else sent me an article and this is the second time I didn't use an article someone sent to me. But um, the article they sent me, I only just read it this morning. I'm like, this is a little bit more scientific than I feel comfortable presenting uh, within an hour. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, I'm going to hold this one off. I'll probably do it another day because it was really, really cool. Yeah, we're already half an hour so, in and we're not even yeah, like, we yeah. haven't even, we, we still have three so, pages of notes to go through here. Yeah, so I was like, ah, I'm going to do this one instead. But it was from Discover Magazine. And um, I guess it was a colleague of Marcus Gray's. Uh, didn't write this article, but was interviewed in the article, and it was titled "Pollinators in Trouble." Here's how transforming your lawn to wildflower habitat can help. And um, basically, what it summarized was: we know we need to learn more about pollinators, but we do know that having more wildflowers or, or native plants in your yard does help the pollinators. Yeah. And we know that lawns aren't helping pollinators. And um, as, as well, we all know that we don't need as much lawn as we potentially have. There's places that we don't use, we're not utilizing to, to play on or, or yeah. to um, walk on or anything like that. There's those areas of your yard that are always having issues <laughs> with yeah. the lawn. So well, why not take that out and put in some wildflowers there? And that was basically the message. And actually, uh, so the, the two people that were profiled in the article, uh, and I hate last names, Barbara Sharonowski and Nash Turley, uh, they created an app that can help coach you through that process that's called Lawn the Wildflowers, which I found this morning and I downloaded and I was playing around with it. It was actually I was watching, yeah. And um, it basically just coaches you through that process of how to transition from grass to to native plants. It even tells you some of the plants that you should use. And um, there's a... The first thing on their list when you download the app is like a, a quiz game where it'll... It'll it'll ask you to identify. Okay, is this? It shows you a picture. Is, is this a moth, or is this a butterfly, or is this a wasp? And I was like, oh, this game is going to be so easy. <laughs> and I got one wrong, like the second or third question. Like I would have gotten that, that one. Too. Yeah, it looked I like a wasp, but it was actually too. it was the the Texas Texas wasp butter or Texas wasp moth. But and I, I, I got that one wrong. I love the educational yeah. aspect of this, not just putting it out there saying you this is this is how it should yeah, be. Yeah. It was hey, here's a fun way to learn. Oh yeah, uh, so how, to, I, like, how to do this? Like I yeah. said, I learned that the the Texas wasp moth is a lepidoptera, not a wasp, like I thought it was when I answered that question incorrectly. Awesome. <laughs> but then they had an other, as it went on, you could it was a native bee versus honey bee, and there's other different insect identification tools. Once you got to a certain point, you could actually um, do pollinator counts. Oh wow! But then it had another section. It was like if you want to remove your lawn, well, you can 
use you can cut the side out or you can put down cardboard and solarize it or you can put down cardboard covered with mulch and then just plant over the top of yeah. that um it had little lists of you picked what area of the country you're in it would actually give you a list of plants that were native to that area um there's a lot going on there so if you if you do need help like we were talking about, don't don't come to Fran and I. Yeah. <laughs> Go download this app, and they'll be able to at least guide you a little bit into some of the stuff that might work for your yeah. area. That's awesome. So, I yeah. love it. I love it. You know, and it's it's something I played with too, and I think that's that's definitely a, a winner. Yeah. Like that's you know, I hope I hope that all of our listeners download that app and play around with it. Mm-hmm. I really do. And vote for you this week. I, 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 I hope you're, you're, I'm going after the pity vote here. It's no, I'm just not no. a pity vote. This is a great. No, it was actually a really cool app. Is some, like I said, it's something I download. I'm looking. I want to quiz myself more on. I didn't do any of the native bee versus honeybee ones. I think I'll do pretty good with that. But as you went on to some of the other this or that's, I don't know how well I'm going to do. I'm not an entomologist. I yeah. took one entomology class. 15 years ago <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna play so, with it yeah. over the over the holiday yeah, and see how yeah. i do now i'm curious all right let's keep moving we we're already way behind so we're gonna keep <laughs> moving on uh so one of the things that that you suggested a few episodes ago that we've kind of adopted mm-hmm. was a new segment just where we we do a listener shout out now that we're able to interact with our listeners and get to know some of you um mm-hmm. you know we want to celebrate that we want yeah. you it's it's a community, and, and we want you to be a part of a com- community. Mm-hmm. So Tom actually uh, came up with this segment, and it is called Listener Shoutouts. Listener, listener, shoutouts. So there's actually a funny story about the little jingle that we'll go into a little bit later. <laughs> so, But uh, I wanted to actually – like it's torn because it's hard to pick one i actually wanted to go into a few but i'm going to just limit myself to one because i could easily rattle off 10 oh, yeah. and then i'll have yeah. nothing for the next the next episode so wanted to give a shout out to katrina majaros and i please forgive me if i butchered your last name but uh i i wanted to i i think she's more of a, a recent listener mm-hmm. and but from listening and talking about she was going over property she had in the property owner and being very inspired by uh the prairie preacher and uh listening to doug tallamy that uh she was inspired to protect and improve her private property and i believe she posted a photo of uh being uh, a bird habitat from from pa audubon as well so it was wonderful to see that and we're glad that you were inspired by our guests they inspire us Mm -hmm. Um, and and sharing it with everyone too, and 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 being a part of that community. Uh, she also, in another post, asked uh, that she would like you and I to help help in in her garden. And <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I, there's if you're getting me, you're not getting any. I'll, I'll talk to you, which you're getting through the podcast yeah. and your headphones anyway. But I'm just going to distract. Oh, that's you. what I thought she was she was referencing is that we were helping by listening to the podcast, and instead it was when she was on a commute. That she uh, yeah, well, I she was. I think she said she wished we could actually help in the garden, <laughs> and I'm like, you're not getting anything done because yeah. I'm just talking and distracting, <laughs> and... complaining about the heat. <laughs> <laughs> I got some dirt under my fingernails. I'm probably drinking a beer, <laughs> yeah. talking about music, you know, complaining. I'm probably getting you to play frisbee, you know, yeah. or something. We're not getting any any lawn work done. I'm just a distraction. You'd probably be more help than than me. Yeah, I'm, I'm like buckled down. We gotta get we gotta get this done because I got a million other things to do. And I'm I'm making a day out of it. So, 
But it did make me think of an idea that I wanted to to run by you okay. was that maybe as we progress, we should do some kind of auction for charity mm-hmm. uh, to to celebrate one of the organizations that we deal with where maybe someone can get 15 minutes of Zoom time with us to help mm-hmm. plan their property. Well, or even idea. though Even though I wouldn't say I'm an expert to do that, but maybe we can offer – Hey, if you're locally, we can come to your house and offer a few suggestions of plants, mm-hmm. or uh, we can you you can borrow us for a day to do uh, work at a preserve or yeah. something like yep. that. But maybe where we offer ourselves up for bid, um, like maybe five or ten things, and that mm-hmm. money can go to help uh, a good cause in, yeah. in and the environment. Fran and I were thinking on similar wavelengths here because one of the things that we we've tossed around is uh is like the merch idea yeah. and that was one of the ideas i had yeah. as well as hey we don't necessarily need the the money from selling t-shirts or mugs yeah. or something like that so why not donate it to some of these organizations that are gracious with their yeah. time to, to come on and yeah because uh, we want to that was a lot of what we want to do is help them help them so we want to make a difference yeah, yeah so uh and we're at a point now where we're probably big enough that we can get more than a, a couple quarters <laughs> yeah you know and then to you, donate what but. what makes it tough is that that we do have listeners across the yeah. country so it's not like if you win the bid and you're in california i'm going to come to your house yeah. that unless would be you're nice willing, though yeah, unless yeah. you're willing to fly me out you know but um you know maybe we could do something like via zoom mm-hmm. or uh, offer a few things that we can help with or do a talk at a school yeah. like we would do that anyway but but offer it up for auction mm-hmm. Uh, let people bid and then have the money go to some good causes. Yeah, no, I that, think that's that a, we would like a to good see. idea. We're gonna have to flesh this out a little more and figure out what are. T- what, what about we're for do? our two year anniversary? We try to set that yeah. up for our two year anniversary. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Set up, set up an auction, and we'll figure out some good. So, if if anyone has any ideas of of good things that you would like. And, and our listeners, I love the, the fact that you give us – and that's why I was saying it was hard to pick just one because a couple of our listeners has given us so many great ideas for segments and send us articles and things like that. But mm-hmm. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'm going to you know, do them a little bit at a time. Yeah, so, yep. But if you have ideas of what you would like to see for auction, uh, we would be happy to – happy to do that oh, yeah. i think we should make that happen mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, really I agree do. all right awesome awesome and and who are your your champions so mine um was and i'm actually looking up why i wanted <laughs> to reference them but is uh actually former guest but also member of our native plants healthy planet group and contributes a lot okay. there is uh russell finari yeah and i posted this in the group why i'm i'm gonna shout him out today and it's uh because may is american wetlands month and which i didn't know I guess I learned it last year, but I forgot about it. I didn't know that. But May is American Wetlands Month, and um, and Russ is one of the uh, most steadfast wetlands champions in New Jersey, probably in in the country, really. And uh, he was actually just chosen for the 2021 National Wetlands Award by the Environmental Law Institute. So that that was a a pretty prestigious honor. So I wanted to make sure that he got his shout out first in our group, but also on here. So and that's um, I forget what episode number it was, but. Russ is the chair of the New Jersey CWRP, which is Corporate Wetlands Restoration Partnership, which Russ, has done some amazing work in the state of New Jersey. Listen, Russ is involved in so many fantastic causes and and never, ever shines the spotlight on himself. Yep. And he's always kind of behind the scenes. Everyone that's involved knows who he is and, and, and what he does. But 
he does such great work. Yeah. And sometimes you can do that kind of thing and, and be behind the scenes and never get recognized. So mm-hmm. I don't know who nominated him, but I'm glad he got nominated oh, yeah. because the amount of time that he puts in, he lives mm-hmm. he walks the walk and yep. he lives it. He mm-hmm. he deserves this. So I'm yeah. I'm really thrilled for him. And I and I did have a second shout out too. So don't think you have to win an award to get a, a shout out to me. <laughs> uh, the other shout out is to also a former guest, but someone on the, another member of the Facebook group is uh, Kelly Gill because she brought us cupcakes. She did so. bring us cupcakes, and they were really good cupcakes yeah. too. She really knows <laughs> knows how to butter us up because yeah. that was wonderful, and and we always love seeing Kelly. So yep. it was a nice surprise that she stopped in and and cupcakes, yeah. and I ate more than one. Oh, me too. I ate more than one. So, but maybe when we do this auction thing, maybe some of our former guests would be willing to be a yeah. part of it as well. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you could get an hour Dwayne Estes time to go mm-hmm. through some things for for charity. Yeah. Like maybe we can we can make that work. Although I would be really bummed if like whatever I'm up for auction just went really like lame. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. someone bought me for a dollar. And it was just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> I need you to pull I'm weeds. Gonna, I'm going to bid it just to frame. We're going to play the quiet game for the next hour. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't even know if I could do that. I actually do. I don't even know if you know this. I do meditate. I didn't know that. Yeah, I do meditate. So it's I. I, I can be quiet, but I have to, like, work myself into it. Mm. So. Yeah, there you go. You learn something new about about Fran every day. All right, you want to keep going? Yeah, we have some listener questions, and it's not just Saul. We got another good question. Yeah, here we go. I want to ask you a bunch of questions, and I want to have them answered immediately. It's a simple question. Um, no, I didn't hear you. What was your question? You want to start off with Saul? Yeah. Because I have a lot of questions for you after listening to this Saul call. Oh yeah, I, I, this yeah. was so long ago. I kind of blank from my memory. Yeah. yeah so was... I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna play this and then I I I need you to answer a few questions for me. All right. Surf City, here we come. I love this show. It's my favorite show on the radio. I hope they have enough sponsors to keep it going forever. I will be on hopefully very uh, shortly with them. Hello. Am I on the air with Pam? And Thomas, my friend, the English muffin man, I I, uh, I wanted to say, thankfully, uh, to Thomas, who came out in that big truck and helped me so very much uh, when I was stuck on the New Jersey Turnpike with the cedar that we had brought over from, uh, from the garment district. And the police of uh, New Jersey, uh, the entire police department, wanted to take me away in handcuffs, and, and Thomas said to them, um, I don't think he's quite with the program, and, and, and then they said, okay, no, I don't know, Thomas, what uh, program you were speaking of, but I want everyone to know, uh, my name is Saul, I am fully with the Native Plants uh, program, and uh, now, uh, Pam, uh, to your topic, a, a good friend of mine made a fortune in uh, the oil business, uh, only they call it the oil business. I don't know why. Uh, so I have borrowed from him a very large drill because you should said I, I should be drilling, drilling into the soil and, and taking a sample and then uh, putting uh, my native plants in that way. 
and it's working out very well uh, all over except in one spot we drilled a big and and then a, a some type of a, a a a badger or a wolverine or something is is making a nest there so we have to leave uh, Pam you know how I feel we have to leave our woodland creatures uh, a happy home so we will not be planting in that but otherwise the project is going on quite quite well uh, with a soil test and uh, Thomas uh, thank you again uh, Mr. English Muffin Man for coming out with the truck and, and getting me off the turnpike for goodness sake I was I, I, I was apocalyptic about it and and, and Thomas calms everybody down, and, and they have, you know, fellas, you have that big truck, and uh, he put the, the sewing machine on it, and it really was quite helpful. So I, I, I thank you, Thomas, my new and good friend, the English Muffin Man, and, and Pam Valam, uh, the answer man, with all the knowledge in the noggin, I, I thank you as well. Uh, my name is Saul, and I will be updating you uh, on the progress of, uh, of the drilling and, and the soiling samples of overseeding of what had been a very non-native lawn and now is to... <laughs> All right. One thing I will say for our listeners out there, Tom is always very calm. I've seen you in some very difficult situations and you... I've never seen you actually like get mad. Like you're very like even key. Like you're maybe you're mad. It's just a different mad than other people's mad. But you're very <laughs> yeah. You're, no, yeah, my mad is different. Than yeah, other mad. yeah. But you're but. very calm and even. So if if this story is true, I could see you going in there and kind of straightening everything out. But did you in fact actually help it, Saul? It is it is true, and um, and it's just my parents raised me to be really kind, and when someone needs help, you you help as long as you can and um and we do that as a nursery too we've brought gas yeah. to, to people who ran out of gas so actually one of our former guests yeah. <laughs> ran, ran out, out of gas, gas. Outside, so we brought them some gas uh yeah we always try and help when when people need help so uh yeah i don't know how he got my number but Glad Saul gave me a call and i happened to be home and got one of our our box trucks and was able to get out there and use the lift gate and I don't. I don't know who he knows in the garment district that has a sewing machine that right. big. But first of all, I you know that brings up a whole nother thing for me. Saul has so many. First of all, he's saying his property has a carriage house. He has friends in the garment district that are loaning him sewing machines. Now he has someone in the oil industry lending him a a drill, which we a drill seeder is not the same type of drill you would use to drill for oil it's a it's a different it's a it's a it's a very different and i can't believe we have to clarify that no no two different things but he has all these influential friends which leads me to believe you know what i'm on i wonder if saul is actually really his name like i'm i'm thinking there's something we it's always very cryptic Mm -hmm. you know like with the communes and all that i there's, I'm, I think there's a story behind this that I need to find out. We need to do some investigative, investigative uh, journalism here to find out yeah, what's it's, going uh, on. Yeah, no, and uh, Saul, you don't need to, to thank me anymore for the, the help, please. Uh, you don't need to call me anymore <laughs> to, to keep thanking me. The, uh, the expired English muffins that you had <laughs> hundreds of packages in your trunk for some reason were more than enough. Um, and, and I do want to clarify, it was uh, – 
I, <laughs> I can understand where some people would say, think I said, oh, yeah, he's not quite with the program. Could be uh, receiving negative connotation, but I wasn't. That wasn't actually what happened. I was trying to convince the the police officers that he was Gene Wilder. <laughs> they asked if he was on Hawaii Five O. I said, no, he's not on that program. So a little miscommunication there between um, between Saul overhearing what I said yeah. and and, uh, so. and that was a better connection we typically have for Saul. And I was able yeah. to to hear what he was calling me now, which is Pam Balam, the Answer Man. So Pam Balam is. The dr- was the original drummer of the seminal psychobilly punk band the Cramps. Um, so I guess I guess Saul is a punk fan. I, some of his yeah. references are really hard to being a music fan. I just like once I understood what he was saying, I'm like, oh, that's that's what he's calling me. I hope he doesn't really think because Pam Balam was was female. So like. You are in it. So it's, uh, <laughs> but we have another caller this week, we too. We do right? have another caller. Are you ready? Hello, Pam and Tom Tom, the Muffin Man. This is Doom, calling from the Garden of Despair. Why is Andropogon Virginicus a good plant? I think one of you and the guests have identified it as a favorite. If it were not native, wouldn't we be decrying it as invasive? Doesn't it shoot out poisonous root juice that kills other plants and prevents germination of good natives? I see it coming up in a prairie restoration, and I fear for the restoration's life. Should it be vanquished? And if so, how best to slay the monster? I love that our listeners took up the challenge to do it because we did lay that down on the last buzz that someone really should use a voice changer and, and start calling in. I'm a little my, – my two quick takeaways from this. One, I'm really surprised with a name like Doom that you would be upset of something being, being bad. Poison, yeah. yeah, being poison. I would think that they would love poisonous plants mm-hmm. and maybe invasives and hope that the restorations – don't work like they were on the other side of the the fence on this one so i thought that was really interesting but i'm (laughs) i i think it's interesting that i feel like our listeners have now out educated me yeah like they're they know more than i do because i'm hearing some of these things i was like what (laughs) i didn't know about this like and i love that the amount of education and growth that our listeners have and how much that they've they've learned and they're learn continuing to learn that i had to, it sparked me to have to do some research because i didn't mm-hmm. really know did you know about that no i i didn't know that the roots uh excreted a poison to to help them out compete other plants i knew yeah. they were an early successional species yes so i knew they had some kind of competitive advantage but i didn't know it went that deep and i think that's the important thing to remember um when discussing this that that it Andropogon virginicus or broom sedge is a very important it's important as a pioneer spe- species like mm-hmm. an early successional species so you have to remember the steps of succession and it has its purpose when it's young so although the older foliage uh foliage isn't really palatable uh young foliage is to bison and deer mm-hmm. and it's it's very important in that early successional way so 
every plant has a place and every plant has a purpose and it's important to remember that and i'm not saying that sometimes it gets used incorrectly because i'm sure it does if we didn't know that as plants people i'm sure there's a lot of engineers or architects that that maybe don't know that as well so that's something that you kind of have to learn maybe make a few mistakes but um there are plants – I'm not surprised that it does that though because there are plants that have mm-hmm. adverse effects on other plants. Uh, beech, um, you know, if you're planting under a black walnut, things like that that makes it difficult to have other plant communities around it. Um, you know, that's that's kind of natural. Like we know that plants communicate and they, they communicate with certain plants. So it's it's like a community like anything else. So, um, But every, every native plant, in my opinion, has a purpose in the right place. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know if so, you have any. And like it that. was uh, we we actually used it. I think it might have been me that used it as a uh, that's hot because in the winter time it gets like a golden color, really yeah. glows in the sun. And it was uh, Daryl from Sunset Farmstead who yeah. who said that was his. I think he said it was his favorite plant, native plant. plant because in a in a cultivated setting like in a garden, oh man, it can really really look good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. It's amazing, especially in the winter. You go by some of these old fields where it's in that stage where early succession hasn't been farmed for probably a year or two, maybe a little bit more, and you see a ton of Andropogon virginia. Yeah, and um, but you let it go on, and then you start getting some shrubs and some dogwoods and those yeah. kind of things start to to cut through. So, so knowing it's an early successional, that means that there are things that that are willing to shade it out and outcompete it. That mm-hmm. it will slowly move on from that mm-hmm. so as a pioneer species so um just remember that maybe it's you don't want to do a full-scale restoration just using that but mm-hmm. maybe that's one you need to use sparingly or not at all yeah. in certain situations and then i i for for vanquishing it um i would think you probably wouldn't want to get rid of all of it but yeah. some ways that are common to get rid of some of those those things over time is fire and uh mowing and even some i'm not a big fan of of disking but like light disking can kind of open up the soil a little bit more and it uh keeps it in that keeps it in a stage of succession a little bit you open some soil up so you get some new early succession some other spots are gonna to move on you if you have a meadow typically you don't want the the emergent shrubs or the early successional shrubs to come up and early successional trees to come up so that's where mowing fire disking that's where that can come in and keep it as a meadow yeah so awesome now i i hope doom calls in again like i hope this is reoccurring i don't know who it is and i kind of like that that was a little scary for me i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i was a little under your bed (laughs) the lights were out i might have I might have peed a little, but yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Wait, I think I think someone has to call in as the bird lady. Yeah, someone yeah. has to call in as the bird lady from. We'll get the vampire Lestat yeah. calling in and the bird lady from yeah. Mary Poppins. And then we're gonna turn into a, a, a radio morning show with weather on the nine. <laughs> yeah. It's weather on the nine. <laughs> all right. Do we? Do, let's see. Let me see where we're at time wise. We did have actually. Not fully prepared, but a topic somewhat prepared. We're mm-hmm. already about an hour in. Do you want to? Yeah. Do you want to touch we can on? Talk it? about it for about ten minutes. Is this something we want to talk about more? And, and and one of our listeners actually suggested this, and it was just the use of plastics in the nursery trade, which is a a very, I think that's a, a very touchy subject for a lot of nurserymen actually. Oh yeah. And it's because it, it is a problem. It is a lot of waste. And when mm-hmm. you think of container plastic, flat plastic. Uh, plastic that covers greenhouses. Mm-hmm. There is there is a, a a ton of 
plastics that are used in in our industry mm-hmm. um the the problem is there's not a lot of good alternatives yeah and i think yeah. or 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 if there are some alternatives there they could be a little more cost prohibitive mm-hmm. um you know it's we're seeing with covid and the supply or the break in the supply chain prices have increased in a lot of places oh yeah you know, and it, there's only so much. Let, listen, I'll be honest, and it's and it's a shame that this is true. But I started in the nursery industry in 19 February 1989, mm-hmm. and the prices that we were selling two inch shade trees for wholesale in 1989 was no different than what we were selling them for in 2005. Mm-hmm. You know, to 2010, because that is something that people still consider. A farm commodity mm-hmm. and they want to pay farm commodity yeah. prices yeah. but there's a lot that goes into it and there's a value to it um and it's a shame like now we're just starting to see pricing go up mm-hmm. because you have to like yeah. you, you want people to produce these plants you want them to stay in business it, it it costs something to do that there was a statistic i saw a couple years ago and it, w- it was about poinsettias for christmas yeah. but it was saying if poinsettias had it had um gone up at the same rate of inflation as other home goods, like, yeah. like refrigerators, washer, dishwashers, yeah. TVs, those kind of things, uh, a f- what would have cost like five dollars back in 1980 would cost 47 today. So you wow. think about like how much everything else costs in your life, but yeah. plants, plants relatively didn't... are the same price as they used to be. They've gone yeah. up slightly, but now nowhere near the same rate as everything else. And and listen, this and and I'm gonna be honest about this, and 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 I'm not. I, I don't have anyone in mind. I'm not. I'm not making a knock on anyone. But anyone can be a nursery. Mm-hmm. Anyone can grow plants. And a lot of people are really good at growing plants, but they're not very good at business. Yeah. Um, so they don't know what it costs to grow a plant. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the longest time, like throughout our history, it's hard to say what it costs to grow mm-hmm. a specific plant. Like if you don't know what your costs are to grow something, because there's a lot of factors, because you have to factor in your own time. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And if you don't value your time, you're not charging enough for that mm-hmm. plant. So, but all it takes is a few people that aren't good business people to sell plants cheap, for everyone to have to sell plants cheaper, yep, in exactly. order to stay in business. So it's as an industry, you have to be together and mm-hmm. value yourself yeah. and your time yep. um, to do that. So that's definitely one issue, and we're kind of getting away from from the issue that we <laughs> yeah. wanted to talk about. Yeah. But, um, and I don't know really where to start with that. Like we know it's an issue and not all of the plastics that are used, you know, I think part of it is there's so many types of pots and so many mm-hmm. types of plastics used that not all the plastics that are used are even recyclable. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things, like the recycling system, I guess was was created by the, the oil, um, yeah. the oil business as a way to more of a publicity thing than anything and yeah. now it's become something where you can recycle uh there was something i saw on recycling was saying oh yeah we recycle like 10 times more than we did in 20 years ago but we also use like 30 times more plastic than we did back then yeah so you were still we haven't reduced the the concept of that that um the three arrows you see is yeah. reduce reuse recycle recycle being one part of the three we uh are doing very little reuse as a, as a population, not yeah. just a nursery business, and we're doing very little reduction. We're doing way more recycling, but we're also doing so much more 
consumption. But um, from the nursery perspective, it's Frey mentioned before we there aren't a lot of alternatives. It's no. you can grow it in the ground. You, you can grow it in a container, which is nine times, well, probably ninety nine times out of a hundred, going to be uh, yeah. plastic. Yeah. Um, and you know there's there. The, there were biodegradable pots. Yeah. I, I think they probably still exist. Uh, I remember them being used in the '90s. That mm -hmm. it was a pot that it was a pot that was biodegradable that you could just plant the whole plant in the ground. Yeah. You didn't have to yeah. take it out. The problem is when you're growing plants and actively watering them, mm -hmm. um, and then you know it's not like it's different if it's a contract grow. And even contract growers get postponed one year, two years, yep. three years. Yep. The pots only have so long of a shelf life. So you're growing in these biodegradable pots that get broken down before you even sell the plant. Mm -hmm. So it's an issue in that way. In theory, how it's supposed to work, it should work well. Um, I know your father is using um, – there's a system called Elipots, which I think is a very interesting – Yeah, it, and that's a, a paper pot, and, um, and he's using it for a, another business he has. Yeah. But it's um, a paper pot that's grown in a plastic air tray. Now you can reuse the air trays uh, until they're too banged up that you can't use them anymore. But you basically use them indefinitely. It's yeah. when, once they are too damaged, you can no longer use them. Yeah. But as long as you keep them nice, you can keep using and, them. And then the paper pot is filled with a soilless media, and then it'll actually root prune itself. But it's kind of the same thing. If you don't turn it around fast enough, there's still issues with that, yeah, that it, system. Like I think the people that use that product well are annual growers because those plants are growing, being sold, and mm -hmm. plant it right away. Yep. But if it's yep. a perennial and you're growing that, then it becomes an issue overwintering because the roots mm -hmm. grow out. They're supposed to grow out and stop, but they don't necessarily stop growing. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. you have exposed roots going into the winter, which is – unless you're going to put them in heat, which is – cost prohibitive mm -hmm. and wasteful yeah. you know you want to be able to have them let them go dormant and cover them up mm -hmm. you know it's but there's more area for root damage over the winter in harsh winter conditions so it's it works in some conditions but not all conditions but at least it's a it's a step in the right direction mm -hmm. um one of our listeners mentioned bioplastics which i don't know a whole lot yeah, about. yeah i just read a little bit about it it's like um it, it'll be starches and they'll okay. create these bioplastics but, uh, and and I guess she was saying that a lot of the oil companies bought up the patents mm -hmm. on. Bio yeah, what I'd always heard is they just weren't developed enough to to actually come out. But yeah. that might be the reason why yeah. but <laughs> not in, developed enough is in is... researching. Um, there and the, the a lot of the research we did. There was a great study put out uh, that Tom and I both read. Was it through Landscape Architect or Landscape Nursery? Uh, I can't remember. It's on my desk. Yeah, it's on my desk, too. But it was a great study going into just mm -hmm. the use of plastics in nursery. Yeah. So, you know, the the bioplastics industry has grown from $4 billion to an expected $15 billion by 2023, which is huge. But does that mean more – what that doesn't tell you, though, is is it taking more of the plastic market – or is the other end of the plastic market growing exponentially as well? Yeah. As well? So it's – I don't know if it's shifting or not, but from what I heard that that bioplastics still have to go to landfills. Mm. So I don't know – I don't know. I know there's pots made out of coconut fiber, but I don't know how well they break down because coconut doesn't like yeah. – it loses its strength, but it doesn't like break down. Mm -hmm. Like from what I understood, I if you throw coconut fiber on the ground, it'd still be there 20 years from mm -hmm. now. It just – would have no tensile strength. Yeah, I had a, a, a classmate in college whose 
family made um, pots out of cow manure yeah. as wow. a byproduct. Wow! And uh, but it was the same kind of thing. It just broke down over time, and but it was great because you could just plant them right in the ground. But uh, yeah, but yeah, there's a lot of waste. And and I will say we do. In theory, we recycle a lot of the plastics yeah. we have here. If you look at them, they have the the triangle. Yeah. Most of them are fives and sixes the, for the type of plastic, which I forget what kind of plastic that is. And they go to a recycling plant. Yeah, I don't know what happens to once they get there, and if they're actually recycled or not. But but the problem in theory is, we are recycling. Part of the problem is it, like nurseries are. Yeah, it is a problem for nurseries, but those plants are being sold and going out all over the place. Oh, yeah. So. Yep. We have no idea what the end user is doing with those pots. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah, I yeah that's, don't that's know. another good point because they're going all over the place. And uh, and we get asked all the time. I, I guess I should change what I was going to say a little yeah. bit. We'll get asked if we reuse our pots yeah. by customers and they can bring them back. And um, we don't for we, a handful of reasons. One's our, our potting process is very automated. Yeah. So the machinery we have doesn't can't pull the pots apart once those pots are dirty they're like almost glued they, together. They're glued you cannot together. get them apart even by hand it's yeah. very very difficult to get them apart so the we can't actually physically get them apart to use them again yeah the second aspect is you're especially one of the biggest reasons we'll have pots on hand is because plants had died of uh typically of disease or insect infestation and now you're opening up yeah you say you had a, a fungal root rot in that in the plant that was growing in that pot you put it aside you go reuse it there's still going to be the potential for that unless you treat it yeah. and then that's a long the, process that's yeah takes a lot of time and is potentially dangerous too yeah. the, the pots really should be sanitized if mm -hmm. you're going to reuse them and that opens up yeah. a whole nother thing so it's I, I think everyone's realized and realized for a long time that it's a problem. Um, and now it's it's funny because now you get all these pots that are thicker pots, heavier pots with mm -hmm. marketing colors and yeah. logos to stand out um, creating. I, You know what? Even the amount of nursery tags that are yeah. used in this industry, everyone loves the big informative label mm -hmm. with the photo and everything about it. <clears throat> That's all pl plastic plastic use mm -hmm. that is just unnecessary and it's i i know the nursery that created they have warehouses filled with plant the amount of plastics being used we only knowing that our plants go mainly to restorations we're sparingly on the amount of mm -hmm. on, on the nursery tags nursery yeah. tags it's if if you're sending 50 containers maybe five of them have yeah. it and they're just, little tags too they don't it yeah. just says what the plant it identifies the plant and that's it so so our yeah. customers if there's things that are are similar looking that they can at least say no this is this it's mm -hmm. for identification purposes um you know so that's another another big issue that people love and they don't think about what yeah. what goes into the tag you're not putting a tag that's that's four by eight in the ground next to your plant i'm mm -hmm. sorry there's no need for that that's what we have the internet for you can it should probably be a little <laughs> yeah. like qr code mm-hmm where you can just take a picture of that and have it go right to a website mm -hmm. and, and I know the they've, they've experimented with that too yeah with the qr codes and i don't think a lot of people like them yeah yeah there's but, a there's and there's a lot of research that goes into those yeah. plant tags and making things go the right way yeah so it's it's, it's been a it's been an issue for a very long time mm -hmm. we just there hasn't been a better alternative to come out whoever mm -hmm. figures this out it's it's i hope it gets figured out in yeah. in our lifetime and we get to see it but yeah and it's, it's something i've i continue to when we talked about the the 
all those paper pots earlier. That was something I looked into, and it just it wasn't going to work for what we were trying to do. Yeah. It's, it's a really unique idea. but um, You want it to work. We, we were actively looking for something to work. We just aren't the people who are going to develop that yeah. process. Yeah. Someone will develop it at some point. They will. But, they will. And it, it's going to be wonderful. But mm-hmm. we – I don't think anyone's oblivious to the amount of plastic use. You know, for for something that's so sustainable and does so much good, it does generate a lot of a waste. And like you said, you can do B and B. Even that, you can hand dig, but there's a lot of wire baskets. There's a lot Mm of non biodegradable twine being used. It's it's there's (laughs) there's I don't know what the answer is. There there's just so much. I just hope. I live to see the day that it gets it gets worked out. Yeah. Yep. So I know we didn't solve any world problems with that, <laughs> but it was more of just hey, let's approach this and let's yeah. talk about it and be cognizant of it when you're purchasing plants. What what you do with that pot when mm-hmm. when when you're done yeah. with it. That's and that's a great thing for the home gardener is that's where you can reuse that stuff. Yeah. If you're doing stuff at home and you've been thinking about doing some more things from seed, well, you have all the supplies. You don't need to. To go out and buy, and I don't even know where a home gardener would buy pots and that kind of stuff. There's yeah, places, I but I don't think it's very easy to get them. But um, but that's a way you can can reuse some of that stuff, and at least it's getting some more life out of it, not just like you think about all the plastic water bottles that people use and and the shopping bags that are now are going to be banned in New Jersey, which is great in yeah. my mind. They still got to figure out alternatives, but yeah. um, but there's a. Uh, I've, there was a book I've referenced it like in one of our first Buzz episodes called Plastics, and the the woman set out to record um, in a journal everything, um, or she wasn't going to touch plastics for an entire day, and she realized within like five minutes of her day starting she'd already broken that rule three times. So yeah. then she instead decided to write um, write everything she touched that was plastic, and then it was just a staggering list of yeah. things that she touched. Throughout a normal day. I know who so, might yeah. be a good future guest, and they're based right in Trenton, New Jersey, and I can't remember the name of the company. It's like Terra, Terra something, but it was a, I think it was a Harvard College student or a Princeton College student who dropped out of college um, and started selling organic, organic fertilizer. That and all the products he uses, like the spray bottles, are reused bottles, mm-hmm. and they make like kids like school planners out of capri sun containers hmm, yeah. and dorito bags yeah, and yeah, like yeah. pencil thing like it's all reused material re refurbished like they make suit coats out of mm-hmm. paper bag you know uh things so it's really interesting cycles and he's he made more doing that than he would have what he was majoring in in college in ivy league but yeah, yeah. i know it's right in trenton new jersey my kids actually toured the plant hmm. for yeah that's for, pretty cool for that's boy a, scouts an interesting idea so, but it started out where he was noticing worms in plants that he had mm-hmm. and what they do and how they, he was like, you know, why doesn't anyone harness this technology? Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. You know, and it kind of, it kind of grew from there. Mm-hmm. So it was more of a, a sustainable uh, yeah, very thing. Cool. So yeah, maybe, so, maybe we could do that. Yeah. One okay. last thing I'll, I'll leave people with recycling. Cause I'm, you can ask my wife, I'm like a recycling, um, uh, police officer <laughs> is the wish cycling is just a big of problem as people not recycling yeah. most of the things that you get recycled and this is at home are end up getting thrown out and going to the landfill yeah. at the recycling plant because they either aren't clean enough it's the wrong thing and 
they can't go through and say, oh, there's a yogurt container that someone didn't clean out enough. Let me go pick that one thing out yeah. because it just takes too much time. It's too much labor. So they have to basically throw out that entire like bin of bin, things yeah. when that happens. Um, that and then people recycling things that they can't recycle. Like I know for yeah. the longest time it was like toilet paper tubes were because of the glue you couldn't recycle them. I think you can now in some areas. At the time, so. and again, we we have a recycling plant mm-hmm. not that far yeah. from us, and my kids toured it for Boy Scouts. And the big one they were talking about the big was the time suck was the uh, water bottle caps. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know why they haven't figured out. Uh, I think they did. They figured out a way they could squish them, and the cap would pop off. Because okay. it was only a couple yeah, of years to, ago to pop them off, but they weren't using it. Uh, like okay, I don't know yeah, why they yeah. don't have a cap that you can use. But yeah, they were yeah. literally squishing the bottles and popping the caps off and disposing of the caps yeah. because they weren't recyclable. Yeah, that was like a long thing. You had to take the cap off for the water bottles, and yeah, people think, oh yeah, I'm helping because I'm recycling this. But if it's a like a yogurt container and you didn't clean that all way, or if it's a pizza box and you you can rip off the non-greasy yeah. top but you can't recycle the greasy bottom um but people recycle pizza, the whole thing anyway boxes, yeah yeah like I'll, I'll see it and like my neighbor has it in a recycling can i'll pick it out sometimes when i feel like it just because it's like oh i know that's all gonna get thrown out yeah if, if i don't so yeah don't just recycle things because you're like oh it's cardboard it's plastic i can recycle it make sure it's something that you can recycle in your area yeah if you're going to recycle it because if you're if you're doing that you're just as bad, bad as the people yeah. are recycling at all because yeah. it's all getting thrown out anyway totally so, so hopefully we 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 sh- yeah. you know uh, cast some light on that and <laughs> and it gives you something to think about and again we always say do your own research look mm-hmm. into it a little bit yeah. more we we just wanted to lightly touch it we didn't have the time to I guess prepared like we normally would, but we knew enough that we could have at least a short conversation oh, yeah. about yeah. it. So, you want to do a yeah? Pod let's let's do them quick. We got about we're about an hour and fifteen minutes in, so right. looks like no matter what we do, we, yeah. we go an hour and a half, no matter what we what we say we're gonna do. So, I I actually remembered the pod deck cards this time. Let's see. Yeah, can't do that. <laughs> Well, I feel it's, like you're, it's, you're really filtering out the cards here now. It, it's well, it's one where it's giving you an idea for another episode. Okay, so you, yeah. you couldn't really. We have enough ideas for in, other episodes. Interview your biggest competitor. We may have actually already done that. Yeah. Um, share your bucket list. Oh, I'm, I'm, so I'm it have to be tomorrow. Have, what's that? I'm or I, what's the phrase? I live for today, not live for tomorrow. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm. I don't actually do that. So bucket list, but we have to make yeah. it industry industry related so let's you know i've never thought about that but i i think we could probably spend a couple minutes on that mm-hmm. you okay with that yeah oh yeah so there has to be some like i have never seen a natural prairie and i would love to see that like i've been yeah. to to yellowstone mm-hmm. uh which which i love but there's a lot of state parks and more natural preserved air like mm-hmm. i would love to see the redwoods yeah um yeah. that's definitely a bucket list for me i need to to see that i i, I want to see that in my lifetime mm-hmm. um those are t- the type of things i guess bucket lists that i would like to to make sure i accomplish or see or and and introduce my kids to that mm-hmm. so that they have a respect and an awe for nature i've never seen the grand canyon have you I know Agatha has. She's been to the Grand Canyon. Never. Been no, there. I've no, I've never been to the Grand Canyon. I've been to a couple of national parks when I was a kid with my my parents, 
But um, yeah, I'd say that would be something for me is to see more of these national parks, see some of these more natural e- ecosystems. But you look at our natural park or national parks, and they're saying they have all these invasive problems there, and a lot of them, them too. So um, I wouldn't say it's like unadulterated wilderness, like a lot yeah. of people think it is, yeah. and it's not quite that. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe we got to hook up with Dwayne Estes and visit some of the the prairies in the southeast that they've been because they've yeah. preserved some some remnant prairies and then they've created some more but uh but for me it's probably it's it's like i guess it's somewhat selfish but seeing this nursery grow because the yeah. more the larger this nursery gets the means the, you're making a difference yeah the more native plants that yeah. are getting out there i want to see and i want to see more competition too yeah like i think we're at a point where this industry is a really about to to blow up it's just there more and more um there's more and more of these native nurseries coming along every year um and realistically if we if there's going to be a big difference made uh and i'm alluding to something fran said just earlier we need to have what's the right way to say this we need to have more business people enter the space yeah and and find out the actual marketing behind native plants and uh, which is is happening slowly, yeah. but you have a lot of right now. Most of the nurseries you're looking at have people who are really love plants yeah. and are making a difference at a really local level. If we're going to take, if you break down the horticultural industry to native plant nurseries and non-native plant nurseries, the the nurseries that are growing non or non-native plants have so much money and marketing behind them, and we're not going to outcompete that unless we get some of that too some really yeah. really bright minds that know how to infiltrate that space and, and we actually had one of our uh colleagues who we really look up to approach us at a trade show one time and just mm-hmm. say hey look what the wine industry did the california wine yeah. industry did by grouping together and marketing yep. why don't why aren't we doing that mm-hmm. you know and and it's a, a really good point and especially you know the the story that Daryl shared with you about one of his customers that's a garden center yeah. that has been buying Daryl's native plants mm-hmm. and saying he doesn't personally get it, but customers are walking by things that he thinks they should buy and they're walking yeah. past them. And He's going, like, oh, these they're walking by these things that are in full flower, and they're walking over to your plants and buying your native plants. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't know why they're just green. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the mentality. It's got to be in flower. It's got to have long lasting yeah. blooms. Um, it's very the the american gardener the world gardener overall but the american gardener has been very selfish for the last century yeah and it's time to have like an awakening to be more selfless and you're gardening for other things it's not just so i can go outside and look at pretty flowers it's so i can see birds and butterflies and know that they're getting something out of it too yeah but you were had this whole discussion at home the other day there's aphids on our our heliopsis and it's like and I'll, i'll put this video in the group um, and this wasn't on Heliopsis, this other aphids. But then I'm looking at this plant, and there's covered in aphids, but there's these ants that are going and just massacring these aphids. And I'm like, this is awesome. This is yeah. like, it's really making a difference because it's supporting the whole food chain. Yeah, those yeah. aphids are a nuisance to our plant and can damage some plants to a, a point where they're going to die at some point. Yeah. But you have things that are eating those aphids too. And yeah. if you take out the aphid, well, if you take out the plant, the whole thing goes away. If yeah. you take out the aphid, then everything above the aphid goes away and yeah you have a nice looking plant that you'll have some bees and, and butterflies visit later in the year but is it really serving its whole function yeah 
And that's what you want to see. Yep. You want to see the whole food chain life cycle yeah, that's what, ecosystem what Benjamin function. Benjamin Vogt says that I really agree with is it's not a pollinator garden unless it's supporting larval stage two. So you yeah. need the caterpillars. You need all that other stuff that's supporting the whole food web, not just, oh, yeah, we have some butterflies and, and bees. Yeah, They're cool and typically an indicator that the rest of it's happening, but... It's a good part. Yeah. It's it's part of it, though. It's, it's exactly. just a good part. So. So I think that that pretty much wraps it up. We, yeah. What do we have coming up in the future? What? Well, hopefully we're going to have an episode with uh, on native habitat management. Okay, coming up. That should be our next one. Hopefully, that sh- should, should be, be our, our next, next one if we can finally get it scheduled. And we're and planning then, uh, something for pollinator. Then we week. have a, a pollinator week extravaganza with some of our our, and it has not been solidified at all yet. But um, the idea is to have some of our past guests that are pollinator experts to basically just do a hey throw it all on the table about pollinators and yeah. for, for an hour and a half. Yeah. So that, we're that, looking forward to that. And we're looking forward to that. So that's what we have coming up in the future. And I think that's, you know, it's it's funny. Every time we sit down and we go, we, we need to do a buzz episode. What what do you want to talk about? Do we have anything to talk about? And we fill, yeah. we're, we fill an hour and a half. Yep. Without, I hope so. I hope at least some of that was good. Yeah. good oh, I'm sure it was good. Yeah, hopefully they didn't all tune out when we started complaining. In the what, what a way to start <laughs> off! Hey, listen to me complain. Yeah. Oh, oh, poor <laughs> me. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed listening to the buzz. Thank you, everyone, listening to Native Plants Healthy Planet presented by Pines Nursery. Uh, I would like to give a huge thank you to RJ Comer for our Buzz theme music. Make sure you stream or buy RJ's music on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your music. From what I understand, he's working on some new music, so maybe maybe sometime in the near future we'll get new music. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Pineland Nursery, Facebook at Pinelands Nursery NJ, Instagram at Pinelands Nursery, and also Native Plants underscore Healthy Planet and YouTube at Pinelands Nursery. We uh, have the question and comment line, and it was nice to get a call other than just Saul this this week, so keep it up. Call us at 215-346-6189. I will repeat that, 215-346-6189. We also put that in the show notes. Give us a call, ask a a question, leave a comment. Uh, When we pick your question or comment, we will play it on a future episode of The Buzz, and we will respond. And, uh, man, huge, huge new uh, turnout for the Native Plants Healthy Planet Facebook group. Um, I, I We had to post a little um, reminder of the rules. Please no self – like gratuitous self-promotion. Mm-hmm. We're okay. You know, we know we have people that have businesses that, that promote what they do or, hey, I have an upcoming – yeah, I have a couple uh, upcoming webinar event, those kind of you know, things. Yeah, you're, or the group I belong to is doing this, or look at this, or hey, you know, that's what it's about. It's a community, mm-hmm. but you have to be a part of the community if you're only posting self promotion, trying to get people to go to your thing, but you're not a part of the community overall. Then we yeah. have a little bit. Fran of will problem. put his foot down. I'll put my. <laughs> I'll have a little hissy fit. So, <laughs> so just make sure you know we're it's. You know, it really was about the podcast and and yeah. creating a community mm-hmm. about that. So I'd yeah, like we, to keep we it that wanted way. to hear a lot of feedback about things we talked about and uh, things you agreed with, disagreed with, guests we had on, or, and, or and, things that you want to hear yeah. us talk about, or yeah. you, you know, and and we love seeing the difference it makes in your lives. And and I do want to. I'll put a personal thank you out there to everyone who's not posting well it's a little late now but not posting pictures of garlic mustard and asking us hey what kind of native <laughs> plant is this because i was getting fed up with it in some of the uh, other groups uh, uh, fed up with seeing it i didn't say anything about it but, but you know I, I i i 
read these other groups because it's like watching a train wreck. Oh, yeah. Like there yeah. – I was telling Tom, someone posted a, a photo of a non-native and was complaining <laughs> that worms and bugs were eating it and to help them. And I was just like – I just wanted to make popcorn and sit there and just watch all yeah. day, you know. And it's – I'm glad we don't have that yes. in our oh, group. Yeah. We've kept yeah. it – really good i'd like to keep it that way yeah. it's still a small community but it keeps getting larger mm -hmm. every day so event you know you're gonna have issues yep. you, you are gonna mm -hmm. have issues as you move along but we really haven't had major yeah. issues so yeah. i like that yeah so you can listen to native plants healthy planet directly at www how many w's www.nativeplantshealthyplant.com <laughs> you can also check us out at apple podcast spotify stitcher or really wherever you consume your podcast when you're there please subscribe leave a review and uh and if you want to, or we ask that you share it with a friend because that really helps spread this message and uh, and and gets us a, a little bit further in our our, our journey uh, journey yeah. of of getting more people on this native plant train. And we so. we appreciate everyone coming along on that journey with us. Yeah. We we really do. Oh, yeah. You know, this has been when when we started this. Did you did you look at it as a journey? I, I no, didn't. No, I. When we've said this a bunch of times, I don't even know if people listen to this part. They might have skipped through already. Yeah. But when um, this is our secret tip, I've heard other podcasts do this. They're like, "Oh yeah, after the credits, I tell you a secret." So, this is our little secret. Is our idea was we want to have a lot of these organizations that we get to work with that are doing some amazing things. Here's a way that we can highlight them. Selfishly, it builds a little goodwill in between yeah. them and us, and we can when we could come in person, we bring them around, show them the nursery, and yeah. and. Maybe they're saying, hey, I'm not going to buy plants from anywhere else. I'm just going to go to yeah. Pinewoods Nursery. That was the selfish aspect yeah. of it. But the other aspect was we had so many people who wanted to get involved with native plants, had like a fringe knowledge of native plants and didn't know where to go. And, and we they didn't know their thing. They didn't know if they like, maybe like butterflies and the monarchs in the rough was a place. And, or yep. maybe they like insects and then they could go to the Xerxes Society yeah. or they like ducks and they could go to Ducks Unlimited. They're all working with native plants. Yeah. It was just different channels and, of getting the and, same thing. And we were talking about that frustration about not being able to help people. So yeah. we have this social mm -hmm. media presence, and most of the people following us were people that weren't getting our plants, and we couldn't sell to. So talk about mm -hmm. frustration. They wanted our help, and we couldn't help them. Yep. This was our way to be able to help them yeah, and, exactly. help, and help our customers as well. And it was great seeing that in the Facebook group this past week when someone said, oh, yeah, when I listened to your episode, it got me connected with the Audubon Society, and I got this sign saying it's bird yeah. habitat, and that was ex that made me feel so good because I'm like, yeah. that's exactly what we were trying to do. That's what we were <laughs> hoping happened. to do. Yeah. But you know, so many of our yeah. guests not only inspired you, they inspired us. Yeah. yeah, and we realize, you know, we're craving this education as well. So oh, yeah. a lot of our guests, for selfish reasons, are things we want to know more about. Um, mm -hmm. And and it's a journey where we're continually growing and you're growing with us. Some of you may have even surpassed us, oh, yeah. which I, I think that is fantastic. I wouldn't be surprised if, if that yeah. happened. Yeah, but. you know, and it's some of the questions I get, I was like, man, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, but that's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. So. so, But All with right. that, everyone, uh, thank you. I am Tom. And I am Fran. Thanks again, everyone. Thank you for spending uh, some time with us. We will see you again on the next one. I believe it will be a rooted discussion. And until then, keep it native. Thank you for listening to the Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast presented by Pinelands Nursery. Remember to like, share, follow, and comment.